It's great to be here. Can everyone hear me? Good, my mic's working. Uh, I don't know if you've, if you've ever worn one of these uh, head mics, uh, but they're really a bit of a fankle to get on. Uh, I start off by uh, taking off my glasses, got some ear hooks you need to fit around, and I've got quite a big head, so it's a bit of a stretch to get it around and over my ears. Then you've got to put your glasses back on, firmly, so they're not kind of squee-whiffy. And then if you want them to look neat, you need to disconnect the wire from this little battery pack, uh, and you need to pass it down the back of your, your top. Uh, you need to grab the loose wire, then you need to reconnect it to the little mic pack, otherwise there'll be no sound. If you don't disconnect it beforehand, you're just damaging the wire, so you need to take it off and then reattach it. And then I realized if I put it on this pocket here, I could have catch it. I gesticulate a lot, and I sometimes fidget, so I'll catch it. So I've got to put it on my back pocket. I've got to work out how I managed to do that. Then I've got to unmute myself before I speak, and the people at the back have to do all the right things to make sure the sound's up that, uh, that I'm on. And I've also got to make sure the master, master uh, switch on this pack is on, and I need to make sure the batteries don't run out. So there's quite a lot I need to go through to make sure you can hear uh, my less than lovely voice. In order to be heard, there's so much that needs to be done. And we've gone through all those processes here today, and hopefully you'll be able to hear me all the way through. But I do encourage you now, open your Bibles. Open your Bibles to 1 John, chapter 5. And we're going to be thinking about verses 14 and 15. This is the confidence we have in approaching God. That if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have what we asked of him. Isn't that great? So I'm going to ask you all now, put your hand up if you're certain, 100% certain, or 99.9% .9 certain maybe, confident that you've experienced an answer to prayer at some point in your life. Lots of hands, that's Wonderful. Now, keep your hands up. Now, this is a tough one. Put your hand down if you've ever felt like you experienced unanswered prayer. Can't, one or two hands, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> you need to share your secrets with us. You've prayed something. You heard nothing back. No apparent answer. No healing. No guidance. You just feel like you're sitting there praying someone who's turned their back on you, like you're a nincompoop. Like you've been sat at a dinner table, sharing something profoundly close to your heart and you're being vulnerable, something you've needed to share, something you've been hurting about even, but a new, more exciting guest arrives and the person you're speaking to turns their back on you to speak to this more exciting new guest and you're left there feeling unheard, unloved. Sometimes these times might be more trivial, for the parking space, which doesn't emerge when you need it, so you have to walk absolutely miles just to get a pint of milk. Maybe prayers when we've pleaded with God that Scotland gets a grand slam at the Six Nations or, or beats New Zealand this afternoon. Or maybe less trivial things. Not that I'm saying rugby is tri trivial, of course, but it's so trivial compared with so many things. Prayers where we screamed out earnestly. We've been down on our knees, face down. Screaming out, praying through sobs, praying scripture, praying hope, praying for healing, praying for an answer to our confusions, praying for clarity, praying that things just don't hurt so much, 
praying for an end to COVID, praying that a family member or close friend comes to Christ, pleading with God that he hears us, praying for an end to suffering. Or we've prayed with all we are for nothing. We feel God's deserted us, forsaken us, isn't listening. We're cut off. Oh God, why don't you listen? Why don't you hear me? Why have you dumped me miles from nowhere? I'm up all night, tossing and turning, and you don't answer. I've doubled up in pain, and yet I still kneel to pray. And nothing. Am I nothing? Are you indifferent? Just lying back on the cushions of praise, but unwilling to give thought to my plight? To paraphrase the message version of Psalm 22. Maybe you felt like that. Maybe you felt totally ignored. Maybe you feel like that, unheard and unloved. Maybe you felt a bit of it, but not quite, not quite all that, but enough to make you wonder, does God really care about me? Does he really listen to me? Does he really hear me? If you're feeling like that, you're not alone in this room, as you saw with all the hands going down, but you're not alone either in Scripture. In the book that reveals God's words to us, that reveals Christ's life in all its fullness. If we look to Psalm 22, as I uh, quote today from the, the message, how did David deal with not feeling heard by God? King David, a flawed man, yes, but someone who was known as being of God's own heart, yet he struggled with feeling unheard by God. So do return to your Bibles now, and we're going to turn back to Psalm 22. And we're going to look at Psalm 22 to try to help us reconcile some of these things about God hearing us and hearing all our prayers and giving it to us. Whatever we ask, we know we have what we asked of him. Reconcile that with our own wholesome, good, but unanswered prayers. To think about the passage you have open in front of you, we're going to turn back to Psalm 22. So turn back there now. It's a song written by David when he was feeling alone, rejected by God, when he was feeling unheard. And this psalm has three core sections as David processes everything. And we're going to look uh, primarily at the first two. So that first two, uh, the first two points. The first point, how do you feel? How do you feel now? This is David's first section of his processing of not feeling heard. How is David feeling? So we look to verses 1 to 10. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why are you so far from saving me? So far from my cries of anguish? My God, I cry out by day, but you don't answer. By night, but I find no rest. Yet you're enthroned as the Holy One. You are the one Israel praises. In you our ancestors put their trust. They trusted and you delivered them. To you they cried out and were saved. In you they trusted and were not put to shame. But I, I am a worm, not a man. Scorned by everyone, despised by the people. All who see me mock me. They hurl insults, shaking their heads. He trusts in the Lord, they say. And let the Lord rescue him. Let him deliver him since he delights in him. Yet you brought me out of the womb. You made me trust in you, even at my mother's breast. From birth I was cast on you. From my mother's womb you have been my God. Are you feeling unheard? Then cry it out. David does. David is like, why have you abandoned me? 
Why have you left me? I feel rubbish. I'm depressed by it. I'm nothing. I'm a worm. I'm mocked. I'm shamed. How about my parents, grandparents, great-grandparents? You answered them. You rejected them. You rescued them. I know you can do it, but you ignored me. I'm rejected, scorned. From my very birth, no, even my conception, you've been my God. You made me to trust in you. But all it's bringing me is shame, embarrassment, hopelessness. I trust in you. I always have. I was made to trust in you, but you don't answer. And David cries it out. So when you feel unheard, don't be deterred. Cry it out. Scream it out. How are you feeling? Share it. Why are you feeling it? Shout it out. Give voice to how you feel. David could have given up. He didn't need to write this psalm so we could see how he felt. He could have turned inward, but no, he gave voice to his feelings. He writes the psalm. He cries out. Even though he feels unheard, he cries out to God. He may feel unheard, but he's undeterred. He still addresses God, my God, my God. When you feel unheard, don't be deterred. Cry out to God. What do you need? This is David's second section of his crying out to God. And it's our second section as we think about when we feel unheard. What does David need? What does we need? Starting at verse 11. Do not be far from me, for trouble is near, and there's no one to help. Many bulls surround me. Strong bulls of Bashan encircle me. Roaring lions, they tear their prey, open their mouths wide against me. I'm poured out like water. All my bones are out of joint. My heart has turned to wax. It's melted within me. My mouth is dried up like a potsherd. My tongue sticks to the roof of my mouth. You lay me in the dust of death. Dogs surround me. A pack of villains encircle me. They pierce my hands and my feet. All my bones are on display. People stare and gloat over me. They divide my clothes among them and cast lots of my garments. But you, Lord, do not be far from me. You are my strength. Come quickly to help me. Deliver me from the sword my precious life and the power of the dogs. Rescue me from the mouth of the lions. Save me from the horns of the wild oxen. Are you in need? Then be ready to plead. David is in need and he pleads for God to hear, to be near. He starts off by pleading for God's nearness. God, be here, be near. No one else is here to help. I need you. Then he goes on to say what he's facing, as though God is listening. As though he hadn't just prayed, why have you forsaken me? Why don't you answer? Don't you hear me? But as David pleads to God, he pleads as though he knows God must be listening. David is facing bulls, lions, dogs, villains, wild oxen, swords. Well, probably much of that is metaphorical. It's how David feels. David feels as though he's in the wilderness with only predators. And he is the prey. He feels his life surrounded by those out to get him. He needs a rescue. But not only are his enemies close by, they've gotten close enough to him to pierce his hands and his feet. And not close enough to strip him of his clothes that are now being gambled over. David is in need of rescue and fast. 
But even as David feels this, he states again his need for God. And in fact, his continuing trust in God. Even when he can't understand what's going on. Do not be far from me. You are my strength. Come quickly to help me. Deliver me from the sword, my precious life from the power of the dogs. Rescue me from the mouth of the lions. Save me from the horns of the wild oxen. But when we read verse 21 in the ESV, we see something different comes out of this passage. Save me from the mouth of the lion. You have rescued me from the horns of the wild oxen. Suddenly, in the apparent direst situation, when David felt his absolute lowest, when the enemies had inflicted damage, God has heard. And God has rescued David from the evil he faced. And the answer comes as he prays. It comes amidst his prayers, maybe even unexpectedly. David in the midst of his plea when God shows he heard him. David didn't know when God would answer. So he'd heard. But David persisted. He was in need, so he continued to plead. When we're in need, we need to be ready to plead. We don't know how or when God might answer. Or use our story as part of his greater story. When we're in need, we need to plead. And this brings us to our third point. Maybe you noticed David's experience, his account of it, isn't just about David, but it's prophetic. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? They've pierced my hands and feet. I can count all my bones. They divide my clothes among them and cast lots. All this amidst the background of suffering and pain. Who does that make you think of? Jesus. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Jesus cries out on the cross in Matthew 27. They've pierced my hands and my feet. Jesus presents his hands and his feet as evidence of his crucifixion when he visits his disciples after the resurrection, as we see in Luke 24. I can count all my bones. Not one of Jesus' bones was broken, as we read in John 19. They divide my clothes and cast lots. And we see this in Matthew 27. When we look to the cross, we see an apparently hopeless situation. God's son, Jesus, who was the word at the beginning, the light of the world, the one who brings life, we see him lose his life. Jesus lived a perfect life and he's surrounded by enemies. Not only surrounded by evil, but he becomes a curse of evil for us. For you. This was a desperate situation, but not really just because Jesus died, but because without Jesus' death, we would die in our sin, all of us, in our fallen ways, because we're not righteous. We don't live up to the perfect standard God embodies in very being. It was so desperate that God came down to earth as a man, he humbled himself to die that we might live. But how does this help us when we feel our prayers are unheard? Why have we gone to Psalm 22 to find out about David and Jesus? It assures us that God is listening. And that God listens. 
2 Peter 3 verse 9 tells us he's patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. God wants you to come to him. He wants it so much that Jesus died, that Jesus suffered, that so long as you come to him, so long as you've accepted him, accepted his want for you to repent, then you have hope beyond whatever you may be facing. Whether or not you think you're being hurt, Jesus shows us that God has heard. He heard when you prayed in accordance with his will that Jesus comes into your life as Lord and Saviour. It isn't complex. It isn't that I need to get all my wires in the right place, fix my glasses in the right way, make sure the mic, patch, mic, mic pack is attached just right, the wires are all screwed in, the desk at the back is on, the batteries recharged, the mute button off, the mic close enough to my face. All that's needed is that you speak. You pray. God hears you. He wants to hear you. He's done it all in Jesus. He not only hears you, but he gives you hope. He gives you life in all its fullness. Hope beyond the now and into eternity. All that needed to happen, I say all, but all that needed to happen was Jesus needed to die. That that curtain should be torn in two. That your sin that blocks you from God is removed, as Nicky Gumbel illustrates in his Alpha video, such that you have that relationship with God as the sin's taken upon Jesus. So you're free to talk with him. Franklin, I think it was, said only two things are certain. Death and taxes. And through Christ, you have hope over even the most inevitable final thing, death. Though I can't promise over taxes, sadly, but I can't promise that. You have a certain hope of eternal life. Because Jesus. Because God heard your plight, our plight, and he answered we have a God who hears. We have a God who hears. Proverbs 15, 29 says, The Lord is far from the wicked, but he hears the prayer of the righteous. And the only way we're righteous, as I talked on a few weeks ago, is Jesus. 2 Corinthians 5, 21, For our sake he made him to be sin who knew no sin, so that in him we, we might all become the righteousness of God. He hears the prayer of the righteous. And the only way we're righteous is Jesus. Because God sent Jesus. God wants to hear you. I know I've already said this, but he wants to hear you so much that he sent Jesus to die. When you feel unheard by God, know when you're in Christ, righteous in Christ, you are heard. You are heard. But how do we pray in line with God's will? Let's look to Jesus. We're going to look at Luke 22. It says, Jesus went out as usual to the Mount of Olives, and his disciples followed him. On reaching the place, he said to them, Pray that you'll not fall into temptation. He withdrew about a stone's throw beyond them, knelt down and prayed, Father, Father, if you are willing, take this cup from me. Yet not my will, but yours be done. An angel from heaven appeared to him and strengthened him. And being in anguish, he prayed more earnestly, and his sweat was like drops of blood falling to the ground. Jesus was facing suffering, such extreme anguish, 
His sweat was like drops of blood. He prayed that this cup, the poison chalice of all humanity's sin, that would be taken upon, taken off him, that the curse that would be upon him of sin would be taken off him, taken away from him. And yet, somehow, he prayed, yet not my will, but yours be done. When he prays, he gives God the final say. As we pray and trust, pleading in our anguish, on our difficulty, in our yearning to have him hear us, he does hear us. As Jesus prayed, he showed how he felt, but showed his total trust in God. And the Father heard. The cup wasn't taken away, but an angel did appear to him to strengthen him. And ultimately, Jesus showed his power over death. Jesus didn't presume to tell the Father what to do. He prayed how he felt, and he left it with God. Yet not my will, but yours. As David prayed, he showed how he felt, but he still stated his trust in God in the midst of his struggles. And in that case, God did step in and rescue him. God hears. Our Father hears. He may not always do all we ask, or what we think is best, what you think is best, but he is the God that endured death for us and brought hope in a way that none of us could have possibly imagined. He is the God who hears. He is the God who has done it, as it says at the end of Psalm 22. He is the God who has done it, done all that's needed to bring us life in all its fullness. That as we live in him, he lives in us. That we may have his spirit with us. His spirit in us. Would we need the spirit to help us love if it was as easy as asking God for lovable people? Would we need the Spirit to help us have joy if it was as easy as asking God for joyful situations? Would we need the Spirit to help us have peace if it was as easy as asking God for peaceful circumstances? Would we need the Spirit to help us have patience if it was as easy as asking God for what we want and when we want it? Would we need the Spirit to help us have kindness if it was as easy as asking God for likable people? Would we need the Spirit to help us have goodness if it was as easy as asking God that we have the opportunity, that the opportunity to do evil never presents itself to us? Would we need the Spirit to help us have faithfulness if it was as easy as asking God for distractions and hard times to be removed? Would we need the Spirit to help us have gentleness if it was as easy as asking God for everyone else to be gentle? so we only need to be gentle back? Would we need the Spirit to help us have self-control if it was as easy as asking God that we never face temptation? When we pray, we give God the final say. God hears and may well change the circumstances around us as we pray. He may well heal us. He does heal today. He may work a miracle. He may even give us that parking space when we pray. God hears and may not change the circumstances, but give us the chance to rely more on his spirit, to become more reliant on him in our journey of holiness. And it's not necessarily easy to do that, but it's still an opportunity to rely more on him and allow his fruits to grow in our lives. As we pray in Christ, in his righteousness, desiring God's will be done, 
he hears. He hears our plight, as he has done throughout Scripture. Just like he heard Hagar in her pregnancy full of affliction, isolation, and wilderness. Just like he heard his people in Egypt. Just like he heard David. Just like he heard Jesus in Gethsemane. Just like he heard humanity in its sin. And he responds. Not always the way the prayer might have done it themselves, but he responds. Ultimately, Jesus has already changed our situation so much that God is there listening. God hears us. We are righteous. Whatever we face, we know we have ultimate victory in him. This is the confidence we have in approaching God, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have what we asked of him. Knowing God has done it all for us, when we pray, we can have total confidence in his will. We can have total confidence that he cares, total confidence that he hears, total confidence that he's with us, his spirit dwells within us, total confidence that whether he changes our situation immediately, grows his fruit in us, both or more, we can have what we asked of him. We have what we asked of him. We have what we need from him. And that's enough. That's enough. So when you feel unheard, don't be deterred. Keep praying. When you're in need, be ready to plead. Get down on your hands and knees and call out to God. And when you pray, give God the final say. We're now going to move into some ministry time. The band's going to come up. And we're going to say goodbye uh, to our family who's joining us online. God bless you all. I pray that you know God's closeness today, his listening ear, and the experience breakthrough in prayer, knowing God is a God who hears. So great to have you with us. We'll be praying for you as you head off. So we're going to move into ministry time. And as we do, why don't we all stand up as we're able? The ministry team will be coming to the sides at the front. They'll be praying in pairs for you. If you'd like to come forward. And as we pray, as the band starts playing over us, we know the Spirit is here. The Spirit is here. The Spirit's moving in this place. This place of worship. It's a school, but it's a place of worship. It's a place where we worship week in, week out. Where God hears us, where God encounters us. And the Spirit is also moving in your heart, in our hearts, with streams of living water that will never be quenched. So there'll be lots of us here today coming from different places. But I think, as I've been praying through and thinking about preparing this talk, I think there's probably three categories of people here. There's probably more, but three that I think we'll be praying into today, praying for today. Some of us here today will just be feeling unheard. We'll be feeling like God doesn't hear us. Like we've been praying for such a long time and just God, God just doesn't hear. We need to be reminded that God hears. We need to have a breakthrough in that time, a breakthrough in our knowledge that God hears us wherever we're praying from. That we are heard. You are heard. Is this you? 
if this is you, I encourage you, uh, when we come forward and the, and the ministry is at the front, do come forward. Just be prayed for. Psalm 145, uh, verse 18 says, The Lord is near to all who call on him. So if you're feeling unhurt, maybe come forward and pray with someone. Pray and call on him. Call on him that you may be hurt. There will also be some who are here who just, we want to plead, we don't know how. We don't feel ready to plead before God. We feel like, is it going to do anything? Is this you? Do you need that shameless audacity in prayer? The shameless audacity to keep asking, to keep seeking, to keep knocking, knowing it will be given to you. You will find the door will be opened as we're assured in Luke. Is this you? Do you need prayer for shameless audacity in prayer? If that's you, come forward for prayer. Or maybe you're at a time where you're finding it really difficult. You're struggling to give God the final say. You don't see how God could be working out his purposes in you, giving you life in all its fullness as you pray. Are you okay to give God the final say? Is this you? Why not come forward and have someone pray with you? Pray those words, yet not my will, but yours be done. So as the ministry team comes forward now, is this you? Are you feeling unhurt? Do you need to be told God is near to you as you call on him? Are you ready to plead? Is this you? Do you need that shameless audacity? Come forward. Ask a prayer knowing that as you seek, knock, ask, it will be given to you. The door will be opened. Are you okay to give God the final say? Are you really struggling to let go and let God? Why not come forward and pray? Yet not my will, but yours be done. The band will keep praying over us as, as we just take time before God. Time to remind ourselves that God hears wherever we are today. God hears.